Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender Podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, the great state of Texas, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas, to be more specific. Uh, if you guys aren't already a subscriber, please consider hitting that subscribe button uh, as well as hitting that like button. That'll really help us out with the algorithms moving forward. Also, if you guys uh, want to stay in the mix, uh, please consider hitting that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future, whether we go live or we post our uh, high strangeness episodes. Um, if you guys are on the go and you want to check us out, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and Amazon Music at Truth Defender Podcast. If you guys love what we do here on the show, please consider uh, sharing the link with a friend, a uh, family member, or a colleague. Uh, maybe hold off on the people at work because they might not you know, kind of be up to date and stuff with, <laughs> with all the stuff that we do here. Uh, if you guys have any questions for myself or our guests, as well as guests or topic recommendations, you guys can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Today's guest, we welcome back Mr. Charlie Robinson. Um, we actually haven't had Mr. Robinson on for quite some time. I don't remember exactly how far back we've gone. I think it was, dang, like before the elections, I want to say. I'd have to check and be sure. We'll have to ask him. Um, but obviously, uh, Charlie Robinson is the author of The Octopus of Global Control. He's also the co-author of the number one best-selling book, Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, written with Jeff Berwick from The Dollar Vigilante. And his latest book, Hippocrazy, uh, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double Standards. He's also the host of the Macroaggressions podcast, which can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Rafkin, YouTube, and Iconic, as well as the co-host of the widely popular roundtable podcast, The Union of the Unwanted. Uh, without further ado, Mr. Try Robinson, how you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? It's not too bad, brother. I really appreciate you hopping back in. Um, yeah, it's been a while actually so i was just yeah. tr trying to remember i think the last time we spoke was like before the elections i think might have been that's what it was but yeah obviously we've all gone to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly um now obviously a lot of things were a little bit better or maybe a lot better prior to the election but um it seems like we've been kind of racing to the bottom of the barrel as fast as we can um i, I don't know i, I mean Maybe you can kind of give your perspective on how like the last couple of years have been for you and like what you've seen. But um, do you think we're going to be surviving to the next election? It doesn't seem like it. What do you think? And I'll tell you, at the rate we're going, it, it really doesn't doesn't feel like it. But this has been the plan from the beginning. It's the Biden Build Back Better plan. And when you start talking about Build Back Better, you have to the most important word is the, the back. because <laughs> That implies that there was something there before that got destroyed and now you have to build it back better. So we're in the destroying part right now. We're in that, right. that phase where they're, where they have to destroy the economy and your health and your savings account and the dollar and your 401k and your sanity and all that and your and energy, you know, production and all that. We have to destroy all that. And then in order to build back our, uh, technocratic communist uh, paradise that they talk about the the agenda 2030 world economic forum uh, glossy sales pitch for communism so this is we're, we're in the the destructions stage and of course you know like i said you you mentioned berwick and i wrote controlled demolition of the american empire that came out on election day 
or right. that came out the Friday before election day. It became a number one bestseller on election day, which we of course thought was hilarious because, you know, if you read the book, you'll never vote in another election in your life. So we, we found that ironic, but we were, we were talking about, you know, this is the plan. The plan is in order to, to put this, this big, uh, you know, one, eventually one world government into place, you have to destroy the biggest obstacle to it, which is the American empire. Um, and so part of this controlled demolition has to do with, uh, you know, destroying the dollar and destroying your, your humanity and destroying your, your, your body, your so the sovereignty of your body and destroying your body itself and and when you do all that, then you can build back better on the ashes of this um, of this empire. And actually, to be fair, we weren't necessarily saying that the destruction of the American empire would be the worst thing in the world. I mean, there's some components of this empire that need to go away for sure. But you know, we also sort of recognize that you can't you can't take this down without a lot of collateral damage. And of course we don't want that. And, and that's where we are. That's where we're facing. We're, we're, we're halfway through Biden. We've got two more years with this demented old pedophile. And then, and then what? And then do we get whipsawed back into like the Republicans are going to save us, you know, right. because they can play that, that game too. But the, these are all just, it's like a giant show, like a giant, performative art piece that we're all sort of participating in but it's just theater you know what's going on behind the scenes is what matters you know and that that's that's what people don't want to talk about one of the crazier things that i've noticed is um what's with this whole i mean i i guess i kind of understand what the whole facade is but like why can't they just admit that we're already in a recession i mean yeah. I, it's this whole thing baffles me like <clears throat> we're just pretending like it's just not existing. I mean, I've, I mean, we've noticed it somewhat here where I'm at in Texas, obviously in the bigger cities, you see a lot more of it. Other places you see it big time, but like gas has come down somewhat here in Texas because of policies that we have here, you know, whatever, but it's, it just baffles me how much they play with it like word wise and just trying to like, no, we're not really in a recession. They even changed like the whole definition of it. And now yeah. all of a sudden, everybody's just like, oh, well, we're almost in a recession. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? We've been in a recession for like a year, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, what's what's going on? Wait, but it's also sort of like it's, it's crazy, of course, you know, yeah. th they won't admit what's right in front of our eyes. But that's actually kind of the theme of the Biden right. administration. Don't believe your eyes. Whatever you see, you're not seeing that. It's mostly peaceful protests. It's, um, you know, stand with Ukraine. It's Joe Biden is totally competent. It's all of these things, you know, don't uh, inflation is transitory. Uh, there is no inflation gas price. This is the most healthy economy we've ever had. You know, it's just lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. And there's so many lies that that. You know, of course, they're going to change the definition of what a recession is. Of course, they're going to lie and say we're not in a recession. They are lying about everything. Like if they started to tell the truth now, what what's the point? You know, so that and part of this comes, I think, from 
the relationship that they have with the general public. You see, they have no respect for the general public at all. And they think that everybody is stupid, which is the reason why they tell these really obvious lies. You know, it's why um, sugar, as Steve Poikinen calls her, uh, sugar bear, the press secretary. That's why she can stand up there and just look into the audience and into the cameras and just lie her ass off about everything. Like, even when there's video evidence to the contrary, they still just lie. It is, it is a full buy-in, 100% commitment to living in the Truman Show, where it's true if we say it's true, where reality is what we say reality is. And meanwhile, there's like a bunch of us that are like on the outside looking at this going, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like to the point, it's so fake that like, they're not even in the White House filming. You know, Biden's office is off in a soundstage somewhere. And everyone's like, what the fuck is going on here? This is the weirdest. It feels like a movie set. It right. makes you start to think that like, like we know he's really not in charge, but like, is he even there? Is he CGI? <laughs> you know, is he wearing a mask? Like, I hate to allow my my little conspiratorial brain to go down that path, but like they're make they're giving me a lot of opportunities to start feeling that something is amiss here. There's got guys that don't look. There's Bidens that don't look exactly the same, and their ears and hairline and noses are different. And I like like you guys are making it <clears throat> really hard on me to not put my hat on. And mm. so you, you know I. So it's just the, look, if it wasn't so serious, it would be hysterical to watch this show, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and me as a writer, like, it's just almost endless content. You know, you can just find something funny in everything he does. But the problem is like, this has like real world implications. And these maniacs are talking about like, they're trying to like normalize the idea of tactical nuclear strikes on Russia. Like, this is legitimately crazy. And these people are talking about it like, it, like, do we do it next Thursday or the Thursday after that? Right. And, and this shit makes me insane because this always happens when they want to drum up support for some new war. They just give it to the media in this echo chamber and they just start talking about it over and over and over again. And at the beginning, you go, there's no way we would want any, any part of this crazy idea. And then eight months later, you're like, there's so many people that are like, yeah, this isn't such a crazy idea after all. And it's like the media knows how to do that. And they're trying to normalize tactical nuclear weapon strikes like it's not a big deal. A after, mind you, after making the biggest deal in the fucking world about a virus with a 99.98% survivability rate and a median death age of 80 years old. So that's a huge problem, but nuclear war is fine. And so you look at this and you just go, I feel like I'm on acid. I feel like this is like the craziest trip I've ever had in my life. And I'd like to, to stop, please. Because these, these people are like, they're, they're insane. They're, they're, they're talking about insane, doing insane things. They're telling us that they want to do it. And we've got a huge segment of the population that's just like, yeah, let's nuke them fucking Russians, you know? And you're like, what are we like, talking about here? We're in trouble. <laughs> it's funny because like for a lot of people that have never been to war or don't understand what war is exactly, like when we're talking about nuclear anything, 
bombs or weapons or any, anything like that. People think that we're just going to like lob a couple back and forth here and there, and we're just going to be fine because it's kind of off somewhere, like in another battlefield around the world. But like nuclear war, like there's no winner. Like even if we were to just out nuke Russia for whatever reason, like somehow, like but there would be mass casualties. Obviously, Russia would be wiped off the map. They'd probably fire off a few in Ukraine and they'd probably hit some like major cities here in the US or whatever. Like it doesn't just end like we're going to take them out with one of them and then it's just over. Like, you know, there's there's a whole aspect of back and forth that's going to happen. A lot of people are going to die. And then like what after that, what everybody doesn't like they don't understand like what comes next. And obviously you speak about like the social media aspect of it. I go on Twitter most of the time and like with all these fucking people that have like Ukraine flags and their freaking Twitter handles and all kinds of stuff. And if, even if you just come up with any kind of rebuttal, that's like mildly sane in any way, shape or form, like, Oh, I get it all the time. Like, Oh, you're just another like fucking Russian bot or like, you're another like Russian apologist or like you like Putin. It's like, dude, it's not even like, where does that even come from? Like it's done on purpose, obviously, but like trying to be that, like middle person trying to bring everybody back to the table of like sanity you're just like another russian whatever like that they just kind of dismiss you and i see it all the time it's it's baffling like it, i get it all the time also and they're like well you just in defense of putin i'm just like no dude i don't want us to blow this whole world up and we're, we have to live here obviously but like why can't it just be i don't want anybody to go to war why is it all of a sudden that if i say we shouldn't be sending money to Ukraine. Oh, this guy's a fucking Russian bot. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, what the hell? You know? Yeah, I wonder about, like, what if our government did set off a a, a nuclear device in, in Russia or used it against them in, in a war? I wonder what the the American citizens' response to the government would be at that point. I think that would be a bridge too far for a lot of people. I think a lot of people would just be like, this government is illegitimate and we need to burn this thing to the ground. Because when you start talking about using nuclear weapons on some bullshit like this, and then you actually do it, I think they would lose control of a large segment of the population that would just become completely ungovernable, which would be great, but hopefully this doesn't happen. And uh, I think that those people would, would, create a real a real problem for this administration um i think that they would uh, i i mean i think that 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 would just be something that would be uh unforgivable like an unfor unforgivable act and in and, and, and the fact that they're even threatening it talking about all this stuff makes me very uncomfortable but of course they haven't done anything and haven't haven't used it but if they did that would be unforgivable and i think that people would just become uh like you want to talk about anti-government i think there would be a large segment of the population that would just just be like we're not doing anything we're not we're not going to work for you we're not paying taxes we're not participating we're gonna we're gonna be a big monkey wrench in your whole operation we're done with this you represent us and you go and nuke people are you out of your fucking mind like on our 
for us on our behalf. Some country has nothing to do with we get involved in that. No way. Absolutely not. But but unfortunately, Paul, you and I both know there will also be a, a segment of the population, probably a fairly large one. that would be like, yeah, that's right. We did it. Look at us. We're so great. USA flags in my bio. I was just going to say, you probably give too many people a lot of credit because I, I'm kind of on that second part of that as well as, I mean, you had obviously like when the whole Vietnam War thing was happening, there was that group of people that were obviously against it, like a large group of people that were against the Vietnam War. There, there would have been a time, especially during that time, where I would agree that there used to be people like that that would have rebelled against the government and saying, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why are you bombing and stuff like that, especially during the nuclear war. But nowadays, I do not think that that would happen because it goes beyond just like a war and like nuking Russia. There would be a whole aspect of it as far as like they would blame it somehow on like, oh, well, Trump's friend Putin like did something and then that's why we had to attack. Like there would be like a whole like mental gymnastic part of it where they would just find a reason to make it great especially like yeah. in the news and they would just be like yeah well we had to or like you know because of trump or because of the republic oh of it course I some, mean, it would be something it would be yeah. some lie for sure but 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 it but at its core you would know that that um we would know the people that were paying attention would know that they did it because they thought they could get away with it and because they are unhinged maniacs. I hope none of that happens. I hope all this stuff is like, is just like, we think we look back on this, like the way we did the cold war where it's like, well, there was a lot of talk and people were really paranoid, but nothing wound up happening. You know, I hope so. Maybe this is just to you know drum up more business for Lockheed Martin. And if that's the case, prefer that over, over this actually happening. But the, but the problem is that like, you don't know who you're dealing with. Like you see Joe Biden, and he's making decisions and doing things, but who the fuck is he? Who who is making the decisions for him? Trilateral commission? Well, if that's the case, then we're definitely going to get a war because they're all a bunch of bankers. They make money off of this thing, so that benefits them. So if they're running his operation, then we're going to be pushing for war the whole time. So that makes me uncomfortable. But then you, but then you just start to see these real obvious signs of of our involvement like blowing up that putin's brains car but oh, missing yeah. and getting his daughter yeah then you blow up the Nord Stream pipeline then you blow up the bridge then you blow try to blow up the turkmenistan pipeline like, it's all obvious too because didn't biden say like like we would stop production or whatever like in like with the oil thing. And then all of a sudden, like a week later, the, the whole pipeline blows up. He said, if Russia invades Ukraine, uh, that means troops in, in on the ground going into Ukraine, we will put a stop to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. You can count on that. And then the reporter said, how do you plan to do it? He said, we're, we're, we know we will make it happen. <laughs> and then Victoria Newland goes on camera and says the exact, almost the exact same thing. It, no, we will. Uh, it, it will not happen if you know if Russia invades Ukraine. The Nord Stream two pipeline will not happen. And then 
the CIA warns Germany a week before and says, uh, we think this pipeline's going to get blown up. You guys might want to just kind of be aware of that. And then a week later it blows up. And then the United States goes, Russia did it to itself. And, and the NPCs in the, in, in America go, yes, the, the Russians blew up their own pipeline when they could have just turned it off when they had spent billions of dollars and six years building it. They, they, it, it doesn't make any sense, of course. So, so like we're in a, like a wild ass place where we are antagonizing Russia in a way that, you know, they're going to respond. And so you have to ask yourself, like, if we're doing these things and we are, and we know that they're going to provoke a, an aggressive response and it will, then we must be doing it on purpose in order to start a war, keep this stuff going. So, so the, the question is why, you know, we are not on the side, we, like we could put an end to this war tomorrow if we wanted to, but they sent Boris Johnson down to tell him you're not settling with the, with the, uh, with the Russians back in like March or April. It, things would have been all wrapped up back then. So, so we're prolonging this. So that, that makes me very nervous and like makes me think these people aren't trying to stop this. In fact, they're doing the exact opposite. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I don't, I mean, obviously Russia is one of the more, like the biggest countries almost out there. Obviously China's out there and like us and stuff, but militarily they're, in the same realm kind of but when it comes to like money and like weapons and resources and all that stuff they're they don't stack up obviously the only reason that why they hold so much weight in, in the world is because they have more nukes than we do if you were to kind of size up you know like militarily and all that stuff tanks for tanks and weapons and planes all that kind of stuff it's just it doesn't stack up but like i it's 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 weird that I mean, obviously, the whole nuke thing plays a big part of it, but I mean, I think that he, I mean, he's obviously a real piece of shit. Like, we've all known this for years, but I don't think that this whole thing was, like, just done by him on purpose. Like, there was reasons why he had to jump in, obviously, because NATO was, like, on the border and they're trying to, you know, freaking bring Ukraine in. Ukraine, which everybody forgets, was voted like one of the most corrupt countries in the world in 2012. Oh, yeah. Um, but everybody's just like, ah, we'll just send them billions of dollars. Forget all these people that are like in the government trying to flee the country with millions of dollars. It's no big deal. We'll just send them even more. And so like every week there's a new package of like right. $1 billion, like $500 million here and there. But like, I, I guess, did we just kind of take advantage at this point? Because I mean, I wouldn't say take advantage because obviously Biden doesn't even know he, you know he's alive right now. But like the people that are controlling him, I guess they just kind of felt that this was like the best time that they would have the best shot of doing this because Biden's in office and he doesn't even know where he's at. That they that they would go through Ukraine to try to stir some shit up. Obviously, you said because you know a lot of people make money when there's wars, and that's true on both sides. You know, they sell weapons to the russians they sell weapons to the ukrainians and it just goes back and forth um so i mean i don't think there's a major play as far as trying to invade russia but are we trying to like 
collapse them as far as like monetarily or like how do you think that whole thing kind of plays out i think the u.s is playing both sides of this i think the u.s is trying to trying to destabilize russia and the eu at the same time i think america wants the eu to you know because look it's easy for us as part of nato to say you know cut off the gas supply you know, we because we don't have the ramifications of that, but Europe does. So Europe's got to deal with that. Um, so the the United States is trying to destabilize Russia by with the sanctions, but they know that that's going to also have retaliatory effect from from Russia back to the EU by cutting off their power. So it weakens European unions too. I don't think America trusts Europe. I don't think America. I think America looks at Europe and says, you know, I still want to keep you sort of down beneath us. You're getting a little bit too big and let's keep you down a little bit. This, this does that in a, in sort of a, a really diabolical kind of way where you pretend, you know, you're part of NATO and you, and you pretend that we're all in this together, but you're kind of like convincing like Germany, like, yeah, yeah, let's cut the power. You know, we got to cut the, put sanctions and you know, it's going to result in them cutting the power. You know it. And yet you're pushing for it anyway. So it's like, are you incompetent or are you so devious that you're also simultaneously trying to weaken Germany because you th- you're threatened by Germany? You know, everyone's threatened by Germany a little bit. Like nobody really fully trusts because Germany gets built up so well and so f- so quickly, and and the, the, you know, and they're so dominant and they have all this, this great geography for everything. And you know, everyone's got to keep an eye on Germany. I think you at the U.S. looks at Germany like. Like we're, we're a nation in decline for sure, but we want to make sure everyone else is declining as well so that we stay at the top of the pile. So this is the way these maniacs think. I know it sounds crazy, obviously, but, but that's how they think about this stuff. Like, well, how could we, you know, simultaneously take Russia down while also, you know, kind of throwing a monkey wrench in Germany's economy, keep that kind of blown up for a little bit. Weren't they kind of like on the verge? I mean, I think 2019 or so, they were kind of in the works of building back their military and, and like bringing back like a European kind of union military. I, I think, I guess maybe that's trying to kind of squash that a little bit. I mean, obviously it started back in 2019, but I, I think they're just, you know, like you said, getting a little too big for their own good. And, you know, we're trying to cut them back down to size, but um it's just it's just odd it's just like a whole crazy thing that's that's happening with like the pipelines and was it like a false flag and like did, obviously like you said did russia do it to themselves which is i don't believe that either but i mean there was reports of like navy ships in the area at the time naval submarines that were in the area at the time like yeah. spotted like a day after the whole thing happened so it's like like i don't put it past obviously vietnam happened because of stuff like that but yeah um i don't i don't put it past us i mean obviously i was in the military and all that kind of thing kind of hurts to say but at the same time i I know the kind of bullshit that we pull you know at the expense of people like other people that are enlisted and stuff obviously their lives don't matter because they're just used as pawns to go fighting these wars to make more money but um I don't like I don't put it past at all. Like I'm open to everything, like all all suggestions when it comes to this kind of stuff, because I just know like the way we operate 
especially overseas, it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a belief that, um, I actually had this, I had this thought. And then after I had this thought, I was, I wrote it in an, I was responding to somebody's email and I said, here's a scenario that I could see happening. And I think it would be really strategically smart. And it was in, in this scenario, I said, well, if you're Russia and you've got, um, you've got all this oil, right? You've, you've got the, and then you've got the, the NATO countries all, um, you know, blocking you from, from, uh, delivering oil to them. What if you picked one country out of that, that NATO group that you knew was going to be the most vulnerable, that was going to be really dependent on oil and gas this winter. And you went to that country and you said, listen, you guys are, you guys are about to be fucked this winter because you're not allowed to buy our oil or gas. But I'll tell you what, we'll make it, we'll deal with you directly to provide you all the oil and gas that you need. It's just for just enough to keep your country going, not for you to like give to your NATO buddies. We're just going to sell to you and we're not going to sell to anybody else, but just you. And we're going to help you out. Um, th- what that would do would be to drive a wedge in between NATO and get all the other countries hating that country that said, Sure, we need this. If we don't get if I if we don't have oil and gas this winter, we're going to all our people are going to freeze to death or they're going to come to the you know, the government building and come get us and you know, and we'll be hanging. So like, yes, we'll do the deal. Fuck NATO. You know, and break that. Just because they needed the natural resources and they didn't want to be in this war anyway. And I said if that would be worth more to Putin than anything, right? To just drive a huge wedge in there. And I thought, well, who's the most vulnerable country? It has to be Germany, right? So Russia approaches Germany in my fictional scenario and says, you know, listen, you guys are about to be screwed. You guys have people out in the woods cutting, cutting down trees, to getting, collecting wood for your wood uh, burning stoves. I'm reading this in zero hedge, right? You guys are, you guys are screwed and you know it, but we'll sell you our gas. We'll just do a deal between us, right? We'll just send it down the pipeline. And, you know, I think, and so I have, so I sent that off to uh, this person I was talking to. And two days later, the pipeline blew up. (laughs) Yeah. And I went, holy shit. What if I was right? Like I'm speculating. I have no information. I have no intel or anything like that. I'm just a hundred percent just just thinking out loud about how that would be an idea. And and then I start reading that the United States is paranoid that Germany is trying to back out of this Ukraine stuff. That right. they think that they want out of Ukraine and they think that uh germany might be talking to russia and then the pipeline blows up and i'm like holy shit i think i might i might be onto something here like they just we america just boxed germany in so they can't do that deal anymore if we blew the pipeline up crippling russia but also boxing germany in and, and eliminating that potential for them to break away that's some 3d chess right there you know 
And and, and I wouldn't put it past our g- dirty uh, government scumbags to to think about doing that. Like Germany is about to break away; they're about to do a deal with Russia. It's get themselves some some gas, and we need to take that. It's time to take that pipeline out now. Boom, and then it goes. And now Germany's like, fuck. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously I wouldn't put anything past them. I mean, we even got these stories about how Biden was like begging and pleading with OPEC to like, to like not, I, I guess like right before the midterms happened, like the whole thing about the oil, not to like stop oil until after the freaking midterms and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, if he's, if they have instances like that where we know that's happening now because it's out there like in the news, you know, what what don't we know that they're trying exactly. to do behind the scenes and and like it's just wild that like i don't know it's i mean now you have all these like other stories about like that whole hybrid covid virus that they're trying to put together right. at boston university and it's like what are we doing like it's if it wasn't so like you said like so ridiculous like it's it'd be hilarious like this is like a plot like in a movie like it's 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 always like one thing after another like something that's completely ridiculous happens and then you're like oh man that's crazy and then like what if and then like the next week you hear about something else that's even worse and then it's like well we just came off of this huge pandemic and like like all these people were supposedly dying it's like so infectious and stuff and it's like the craziest thing that's ever happened to the world but like oh wait like this university is trying to build something even worse and like it's just like what are we doing here if it's not done on purpose it like it seemed like it like it is right i mean i'm not fucking losing my mind here am i <laughs> what it feels like yeah it's, man it's, it's ridiculous uh, it's it's a crazy time to be paying attention to you know what's going on out there in the world you know there's a lot of people i feel like they're sleepwalking through but like this you, you, it reminds me of the George Carlin quote. When you're born in this world, you get a ticket to the circus. When you're born in America, you get a front row seat. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's, we are. It's definitely, it's definitely a circus. It's, it's crazy. I mean, so, I mean, that, that whole thing, obviously Russia and Ukraine is like a big problem, but like, we also got things happening in like China and, and big in Taiwan and you get Nancy Pelosi heading out there to make sure her investments are doing fine. Obviously, um nvidia and mostly all the chips that are like you know computers and stuff are built out there like on that island that's like 80 and 90 percent of the world's chip processing and all that kind of stuff that goes in your computers is out there obviously her and her husband had stock in the whole thing and he sold it right afterwards and all kinds of stuff whatever blah 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 but totally like, normal yeah yeah it's totally, totally here yeah it's, it's, so it's like i mean obviously that happens we're screwed because there goes computers there's chips and cars there's chips and everything that we do nowadays and obviously um for a lot of people that like i guess play video games a lot like they buying like the new playstations and stuff those things were like on back order for like months and months after they came out because there was no chips and phones and all kinds of stuff so this thing kind of i mean that kind of it affects everybody massively obviously but um, they even had those like kind of war games where they were firing missiles over over the country at, at that time and stuff. But one of the crazier things, obviously, that I, I think we can all freaking agree on. I don't know if you heard about this. I'm sure you have. But where there was Chinese police stations in, in New York City. Have you heard about yeah. that? Yeah. 
I, I so, heard a little bit about it, but I didn't really dig too much into the details. What what was the situation with it? So what they claimed it was, and I don't know how they would have even allowed that to happen. Oh, well, it's freaking New York, so you know whatever. But they were claiming that they were Chinese police stations set up to spy on Chinese nationals, um, just like I guess spying dissenters, like. I, the whole story was these these people were like on IRS blacklists, so like they were trying to like keep an eye on them and see what they were doing and like how they were spending money and what they were doing, all all that kind of stuff. But I mean, obviously, I feel like I think we can all agree that that's just kind of like a cover story, like a front story. But the fact that there's even any kind of Chinese anything law enforcement in the U.S. is completely ridiculous. Obviously, there's like this whole freaking Muslim, uh, I guess, patrol cars in, in New York City as well. Like they drive around, like, you know, they police their own, stuff like that. That's crazy, like in and of itself. But for a country that we're supposed to be in competition with as far as like economically and like they steal our secrets all the time and they do all kinds of stuff, like to have a Chinese police station in New York, despite who they're spying on or like who they're trying to keep tabs on. Um, I feel like this is kind of like the initial like shot to, to try to make it take hold. And eventually there's going to be like even more and more. And this is, I think it's only like one so far, but you know, there could be a whole lot more moving forward. So it's, that's just wild when I heard that shit. It's crazy. Make, makes you feel like somebody got blackmailed into agreeing to allow a Chinese police precinct to be built in new york city <laughs> you know i mean yeah I, because i'd like to understand the logic you know unless well, you're being sort of forced into doing it for some for some reason it's it's odd because it's not the only one so like they said that so this station is in manhattan that's where it's at but they were saying that this is uh one of like a hundred such offices that they have uh around the world so it's not just like here. They I have heard like they had them in countries. Canada. I did know about that. <laughs> so it's it's weird. I mean, as as much shit as we give China and like what we see on the news and like we're going back and forth and they're like our main opponent and all this and that. Like they sure do own a lot of property here in the U.S. Especially they're they're buying up plots and like land next to military bases, which is completely ridiculous. Why the State Department and, and freaking department of justice would even allow that to happen in the first place no idea especially especially like so we always complain about how china comes in and they like steal our secrets and they like they beat us to it and this and that now you're letting them set up shop next to like military installations where there's like top secret stuff going on or like freaking day-to-day stuff just like yeah we need the money you know come on in it's like what i mean that's not gloss over the fact that they own most of the toll fucking roads like all around the country when you when you guys hop on a toll and you pay that dollar whatever for that exit that goes to some fucking chinese company and because they own all those tolls they own land farmland you know not just bill gates but they like they own major stakes here in the u.s one day uh i have no doubt soon that they're gonna freaking come to collect and then what it's weird they own a ton of stuff in africa too yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that's as you, you know, I mean, it's uh 
it's a it's a a gold mine for them literally a gold mine in some cases um for their involvement in africa they build hospitals for sick africans and america builds graveyards for dead ones and so they like working with the chinese better because the chinese go into business with them as opposed to the americans who come in and like overthrow their government and then just you know do do it that way so the chinese come over wanting you know with a ton of money saying well we'll put we'll invest in your community we'll invest in your country but we want to work with you and so that's where um that's where things are going and now with this um electric vehicle push mm-hmm. that the build back better morons and the biden administration are pushing we're getting to a point where you're going to have a resource battle for the rare earth elements that power these lithium batteries and where they come from is uh, mostly a Democratic Republic of Congo. So you've got to keep that in mind as well, because now China is partnering up and China is actually where these, you know, where 70 percent of the cobalt is, manuf- is, is, is found is in Democratic Republic of Congo. And then they do a deal with China to process it all. And you've got to have this rare earth metal called neodymium for the batteries and china's got 90 percent of it but the biden administration is saying what we need to do right now is go 100 percent electric and all of that that material that you need it is 90 percent controlled by china so we are we can see that we're about to walk off a cliff like we can if you understand how this is going to work you understand that the Democratic Republic of Congo is about to get invaded, like yeah. in the next five years. There'll be some regime change there. Take that to the proverbial bank. Uh, I don't wish that on them, obviously, but but it, but they're going to have to figure out how the game is played. And that is if you've got a, a, an a asset that the United States military covets, then just read John Perkins' book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And that's the book that woke me up to this whole thing. And that's how you see how global players actually operate. It's wild. I mean, then, you know, that whole thing is going on. Obviously, the, the Build Back Better, whatever plan isn't actually building back better. So it, it was kind of funny. Like, so one of the things I had seen previously, and obviously when, like, the first day that freaking Biden was in office, he did all of these like so he kind of repealed everything that trump had done as far as like uh executive orders and he signed a whole shit ton of them he was like sitting there it was like on the news and stuff one of the funnier ones that i had seen was like so obviously he's like you said before they're tearing everything down to try and make it seem like they're helping in these areas like you know for the midterms and as far as when it comes to like the elections in 2024 people have a short memory or obviously they don't want to like remember a whole lot of things. But one of the things was when it came to like insulin, I remember how that whole story where Trump had lowered it to like $35 or whatever. And as soon as Biden came in, he canceled that and it went up like crazy. And now all of a sudden he's like in putting in like this other bill saying that he wants to lower insulin back down to like $35 or whatever. 
And like this whole game, and I'm sure people weren't playing, people weren't paying attention at the time when he scrapped that. But now he's making it seem like he was the one that brought that in and like it's his idea. But people don't remember. Like they well, they choose not to remember. That's exactly what he's doing. He's recycling all this shit. When it comes to like the gas thing, I guarantee you once the elections come back around in 2024, there's going to be some kind of bill or whatever and gas is going to drop dramatically. And he's going to say, look what I did. Like I lowered gas and it took us a while to get there, but we got there and it was because of me. And everyone's going to be like, fuck yeah, we're going to you know, reelect Biden and all this shit. And it's just going to be like things like that, real subtle. Like, you know, obviously a lot of people aren't paying attention, but it's going to work, which is even more frustrating. It's going to work. It'll start right after this election in the next couple of weeks. Everything will just go back to, you know, instead of the artificially suppressing the gas price by draining the strategic reserves, you can just um, say, eh, no, we're not doing that anymore. Let the prices go back up. Elections are over. We don't have to worry about this for two years. You guys are too stupid. You'll never remember this in two years. So uh, that's what they think. For the, I mean, for the most part, it, it works because it's, it's going to yeah. happen that way. That's like that's everyone... the, that's the worst part is that they're right to do that because it works. <laughs> because we yeah. because most people will forget it. They'll forget that, and then and and then he'll come in with some some new act, and it's going to lower. It's going to fight for your rights and get these prices down, or get this gas down, or get those you know all that shit. And he'll they'll bring it back like as if they just had this brand new idea to do this. Yeah. It, it's all without fail you can count on it it's so it's so predictable that it's ridiculous yeah and one of the funnier ones is like um we get this whole thing about electric cars and like in california like it's you, all electric cars are going to be banned by like 2030 30 35 i think it was i don't remember which one exactly but and then they come out like a couple of weeks later saying that like don't charge your electric cars during this time because yeah. there's blackouts and freaking brownouts and stuff it's like how do you expect to like keep the grid i mean california has some of the oldest electrical grids like known to man there's always like rolling brownouts and blackouts and all kinds of shit like don't yep. let's not forget the fact that they never have water which is crazy but like now all of a sudden you want to be like the tip of the spear when it comes to electric anything yeah you guys can't even keep your power or your freaking air conditioner on like where do these where do they think it's gonna go or are they just thinking short term just to get reelected and then fuck everybody else in the future they can deal with it later yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i listen i i i'm allowed to speak about this because i lived in, in california for 35 years so um in southern california so look these people are retarded okay the people <laughs> that are that are running california are are running it into the ground you know it's a it, it is insane what they're doing so um the the, the power grid <laughs> so the power grid has always been a problem it's, it hasn't been upgraded in a in a while um they, they could have used some of this money to upgrade that which they're they're going to need to but instead they they've squandered it on building electric charging stations but then having a third of them not even work. So there, there's a big problem with the push to go electric because they're they're not they're they're not thinking about this logically. The grid cannot support it. It unless again, if you 
if we allow ourselves to be conspiratorial about it, you know, maybe that's the plan. Get everybody onto electric cars, bust down the grid, and now er nobody can go anywhere. And we sort of keep control over people. That's if you want to get like conspiratorial mm. devious, you know, but, but just like the, the simplest explanation is they're just morons that, that, <laughs> that haven't, that haven't thought this out because, because they, they talk about adding a, an electric car to the grid is like adding um, two air conditioning systems to your house, you know, in terms of like, that's the added price. That's the added energy that you're going to need to do. Well, two air conditioning systems is quite a bit. And you have to have every single house has to do that. Like you're talking about just destroying the power grid and already a very questionable grid. You know, it's always been questionable. They've had rolling brownouts for, you know, off and on for, for, you know, over like 20 years, they haven't had a ton, but, but it's always, it's always at the edge of giving way in like, august every right. year you know so it's like it, it, you just want to shake them and just say are you like have you thought about this at all because you don't have to be too smart to understand that this is going to it's going to destroy the power grid are you prepared do you have another one well no so now what do we do well, what happens is they all fucking come here to Texas. And I'm sorry for like a lot of people. I see a lot of them driving on the freeways out here, especially when I drive into Dallas. I don't live in Dallas anymore, like in the city like I used to. We used to live downtown. Now I fucking am in the suburbs out here, like on the border of freaking civilization and the country. So I still have not too far to drive into the city, but like I'm far enough to where I don't have to deal with all the bullshit. But like, I head into the city on the weekends and stuff, and I see like California license plates everywhere. And I know everybody gives them shit all the time, like, "Oh yeah, they came from California." Like, don't California my Texas, but that shit is real. Like, the yeah. prices of high, the prices of houses have gone up dramatically here. When we were looking to purchase a new house. People are just coming from out of state and outbidding people by like two hundred thousand dollars on houses, way above asking price and the people that sell these houses know that that's going to happen and they see people apply and they say like oh you guys are from california they know that they're going to pay out the ass for it like they're going to ask for like a hundred thousand dollars at least above asking price and it's going to get paid like, you know so all this shit's happening shit's getting more expensive out here and like i'm sorry like for people that come here from california like i'm sorry like you did that shit to yourself you guys vote for all this bullshit that happens out there and then you flee expecting it to be different, which it is, but that you still want to vote for the same bullshit when you come here. Yeah, I'm so that's... tired of seeing fucking Bethel signs everywhere out here. That dude's a piece of shit. I'm from El Paso. I know exactly who Bethel is. Well, I wouldn't even call him Bethel because he's not even really Mexican. So I know who Francis is. Like, you know his family. I know where his dad was a fucking corrupt judge and his mom was fucking doing deals with the cartels and, and fucking Juarez and all that shit. Like, I know what the deal's about. It's a piece of shit. I know it for a fact. You know people that know people, like the family, all kind of stuff. They do, they do full of shit, man. Like, it, it angers me so much every time I hear this dude's name. I remember coming out of high school and seeing people that were going to college and, like, going to work for him in his fucking campaigns back in, like, 2005, 2006. 
And then isn't he married to like somebody important that has a lot of money? Like she's like a millionaire, like a billionaire or something like that. She's, I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but like, he's not who everybody thinks he is. Like only people, the pe- people that I know that say like, oh, she will for Beto and this and that. And they're from like New York and California or whatever. That's how I know that, 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 that nobody should ever vote for him. When I see people from the outside saying that we should vote for him, turn tail, fucking head the other way. Dude, he's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, I just know because I know, like I've been, I was, I'm from El Paso. That's where I was born and raised. And I know what the dude's about. So it pisses me off because nobody else sees it. Like nobody else around me sees it. Except for like my family and stuff like that that are still there. Like they grew up there or whatever. But I'm like, we, like, we know, like, you know, <laughs> so it's, Really That's annoying. The media. the media can make people, you know, they just put enough attention on the person and then people connect, connect with them and they just start supporting them. The people that support the thing, you know, whatever the thing is, the if Beto becomes the thing, if the media decides that he's the thing and they just start doing it, he's going to have a bunch of people going, yeah, man. Yeah. And they're never going to hear, they're never going to know what you're talking about. And it's crazy because, um, you know, if, cause he's, should rightly be hated like who the fuck was would vote for that guy for for dog catcher like or anything no a lot of a lot of people now i see like on on twitter all the time and i see like these crazy people even people that are from here in texas which baffles me like i understand the people that come from the cities like if you're from austin or you're from like houston or like even like in dallas because dallas is like really heavily democrat like in dallas proper but like you get to the outskirts like the other little small towns around there like plano and like garland and all these other cities that are like red and stuff like you get a little pushback whatever here and there but it doesn't surprise me like in the least when i see people online like on twitter especially and you see like oh for beto for texas and like they're from like lubbock or what it's just like oh yeah it makes sense like it's 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 completely baffling and, and like even if you didn't know anything about him the only thing you would ever have to know was that Soros pumped a shit ton of money into this latest charge, paid for his campaigns and advertising stuff. That would have that would that would be the only thing that you would That's ever it. have That's to know. Automatic disqualification. Like That's even it. if you we had no idea where he came from or who he was, like that would just be the ultimate one. Like, oh, yeah. he got funny from Soros. Like, ah, well. Yeah. Like it's, it baffles it baffles the mind. Like it's it's crazy. I don't I don't know. <laughs> We'll see yeah. what happens. And, I mean, and and if you see uh, World Economic Forum Young Global Leader, that's an automatic disqualification as well. You just say no. We can't have that. It's freaking Rhino out of Houston. Uh, I forgot his name. Freaking Ipatch McCain. What's his name again? Oh, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, that moron too. <laughs> he was on the list, like you know. So like, I don't know. That dude's disappointing when he first started running i was like yeah man this dude you know you can be something something and he was talking real big and then all of a sudden like big let down so that's another one and that sucks a lot because that dude had was like really that's he was looking good to do some things but nah he just shit the bed and that dude's out of it too so i don't know it's weird but he was getting into it with uh, with my buddy Alex Stein. No, oh, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got that from iPatch McCain because it's so true, man. He's like the biggest like rhino I've, I've ever seen in my life. He's just exactly like freaking McCain. And 
it's 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 crazy he's any yeah man listen these people these these dudes that want to start wars everywhere like you have no obligation to be nice to them you know what i mean they deserve whatever you want to scream at them you can scream at them because they're talking about normalizing wars man like you know what that means when you start the process of in of a war in a new theater where like think of all the stuff that has to happen like logistically all the things that get put in all that money all that anxiety all these people that go over there and get killed and then kill other people all that shit and these guys like dan crenshaw and mccain back when he was alive these guys were were always pushing for that the john john bolton now he's always pushing for that and i fucking hate those guys you know, because that is just the worst thing you can do is, is go out there and s- intentionally try to start wars. You know, what a waste, what a waste of energy to go do that. You know, it just makes me sick to, and, and we, and we, and, and look, this is part of the reason why I hate the media so much is because like they normalize this by allowing lunatics like John Bolton to come on whenever the fuck they want and talk about when are we going to nuke Iran? And you're like, <laughs> Dude, you're out of your mind. All you want to he, there's, he that he's never seen a war that he didn't want your kids to go die in. You know, he doesn't give a shit, but he wants war all the time. And, and, and you know, to all those people that supported Trump, like he brought that lunatic in. Yeah. Like, why oh, yeah. was, was the, was Satan unavailable? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It's wild, man. I, I, I understand it. It's, um, I, I think we fail to like see, to kind of separate when it comes to like picking sides, and when people are always like, "Oh, my side, this and that," blah blah blah. Like, I get why it happens. I, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a Republican, but I, I approved a lot of the policies that that were happening at, at the time. I don't agree with a lot of the bullshit that was going on. Like, it's not what I look at. And, you know, there's a lot of shit that was really bad about when Trump was in there. I hate the fact that he came out with this vaccine and all that bullshit. But, like, right. there's some other, a lot of stuff, obviously. But uh, compared to what we have are now? We, are we taking care of Americans is, is what I want to know. Yeah. Like, veterans are, hold a special place in my heart. Like, I always try to help out as much as I can on my own. Um, homeless people here on the streets all of that $80 billion that we sent to Ukraine, let's fucking help our own people out first. Obviously yeah. like we don't, we're when the, the whole thing, when the freaking baby formula was short, that was a big thing as well. Like, I don't understand why it's so bad that we want to take care of our own first. I, I get the world, like the rest of the world is a shitty place in a lot of places. And everybody always complains about the U S man, but I, I've been around the world a couple times, a lot of different countries some are great, like nice places. And I've also been to like hell on earth and a lot of places. Like I guarantee you, like, it's great to get to, to go out to like other countries and, and get like a worldview and like, you know, freaking perspective of, of outside of the U S a lot of times that helps, yeah. but it also helps you to realize that where we come from is a lot better than the rest of the world in many ways. Yeah. But like, some of the shit that we do, it's like, I can't even defend it most of the time to people outside of the country. And they're just like, oh, well, you're a country, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, yeah, like, it's true, you know? But you still take our fucking foreign aid, right? <laughs> so let's, right, let's, exactly. let's, let's stop. Like, let's, 
you know, let's be real. And, you know, yeah. the King was I, one of those assholes. And now this fucker Crenshaw, but good old McCain, he claimed to be pro-life and then he goes and dies. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody cared for, nobody cares for, for old John McCain. Yeah. I, I just don't appreciate these guys thinking that it's, it's that it's not a big deal to, uh, yeah. you know, to, to kick, try to kickstart a war. Like crazy. Insane. Of all people, of all people, of all people, Crenshaw should know. McCain should know. Crenshaw specifically, the dude was a Navy SEAL, lost his eye in war and all that shit. He should know more than anybody. But the dude just fucking takes money for it and he doesn't care. Like he, he should know what people like in his position go through as far as like families that suffer for losing people. Even when you're deployed for nine, ten months at a time, your family's alone. Just all kinds of shit that goes on in like in military life. He's the one person that should know better. But there he is, fucking sucking the teeth and sending people off and just like, ah, it's it's all right, you know. Like he made it back alive, so he doesn't care. But like he has no problem, you know, like you said, sending other people out there. But I don't know, man. It's wild. It's wild, and it's only gonna get worse. We're only halfway through, so we'll see what <laughs> happens in the midterms first. I'm obviously yeah. here in Texas next month. This is the election, so. I would have, I didn't feel like we were going to flip here in Texas. I haven't felt like that until recently. Like now I'm not so sure. Like the the number of people I see online that have just bought the whole fucking Francis O'Rourke thing. And I, right. as much as I see it, like online, everybody's like, vote fucking Beto for Texas and blah, blah, blah. Like I see so much of it now. Like I recently started to f- be worried about it. Like until recently like the last few months like it's really hit and it's like i don't i mean abbott isn't perfect and he's done a lot of crazy shit as well but like like lately he's really come on and like helped out a lot but yeah. it's gonna be a wild ride these next i guess two months and then seeing what happens in 2024 but i don't know we're just gonna hang on to what happens i mean then what what can we do we we're just gonna we're just gonna be commentators <sighs> it's gonna be broadcasting wild. from the from the insanity of it all. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. But I mean, so like, as we, I guess, wind down here. Uh, um, any plans for like a new book? What do you, what do you got going on here? Um, I do have plans for. Uh, I mean, I have an idea for a new book. I want to. Uh, uh, I'll probably start sometime in the next. I don't know. Maybe maybe next summer. Yeah. Um, but in, in the meantime, I'm just uh, putting out, just working on macroaggressions and uh, getting that um, out to as big of an audience as possible. It's now on band.video, which has been like amazing. Nice. And uh, Berwick just put it on vigilante.tv. So we've got a channel there. And then Odyssey and Rockfin has been going crazy lately. Uh, so grateful for them uh for those places and then of course audio format everywhere and uh you can follow me on twitter at macroaggressions and the website is the octopus of global control.com yeah yeah and we'll obviously have everybody uh linked down below as well to all the shows and social media so everybody can go ahead and jump on that um the books have been great i actually just picked up um hippocrazy because i hadn't read it yet but i picked oh, it up yeah. last month i think is when i picked it up so i'm like halfway through it i get distracted and stuff and obviously out of the country and all kind of stuff so that was that was 
wild, but <laughs> um, enjoy. Um, I got to suggest a, a book recommendation for you after you uh, get done with my book. Go get the two Whitney Webb books, One Nation Under Black. Now I just finished. I'm I'm almost finished with the my second book, and uh, it's fucking. It is like an encyclopedia of crime. It is there are just so many connections and so many names and so many dirty people in our government and in in foreign governments and like how the organized crime and the government just like blended together and how they were like working together. It's so good. It's such a, and there's two books too. Right. It's not just Jeffrey Epstein though, though obviously she's best known for her Jeffrey Epstein stuff, but, uh, but she sent me a digital copy of it before it came out and I was reading it and I was like, dang, I mean, it's so hard to read because there's just so much information. There's just no fast way to read it. And so I recommend that for people that are interested in, in getting into some like hardcore criminality. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I'll definitely take a look. I, I actually heard of it before. I just didn't think much of it at the time, but now, you know, that you're saying that, so we definitely got to put that on the, on the radar yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. 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 You did because it, it, it shows, it, it, it really shows like, uh, the Jewish mafia, and the connections to the FBI and the CIA and, and to Epstein's network and to Seagram family and to Roy Cohn and to Trump and to all. I mean, it's like you start everything is connected and everything is documented and you go, oh, my God, what you what you find is that like Epstein wasn't just this predator. He was also like deeply involved in intelligence and he, he became part of this network that has always kind of existed. Yeah. And, and so she goes back to like the thirties and twenties writing about like that, you know, these groups, it's just really well done. And, and, and I, and so anyway, I, I, you know, obviously I'm trying to, I would love for people to buy my books Absolutely. and I hope they will, <laughs> but, 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 but Whitney Webb's books are like, uh, you know, they're, they're just, good right oh yeah i definitely have that on the radar then if anybody uh, wants to pick that up you know the holidays are coming real soon so that was you know those would be some good books for people but um obviously we're here to uh make sure that everybody picks up charlie's books first so let's appreciate go ahead and do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead yeah, and do that amazon <laughs> they're they're available in paperback and amazon the octopus of global control uh the controlled demolition of the american empire with uh, jeff berwick and hypocrisy surviving in a world of cultural double standards those are all available on amazon in paperback or you can go to my website theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com and you can get them in digital format from me so whatever you want nice. i got it yep absolutely so yeah everybody go ahead and pick those up uh charlie man i appreciate your time again as always it's always fun Thanks, when you Paul. come on we really appreciate it um, yeah, so everybody else, if you guys are catching us, like I mentioned, on YouTube, man, and you aren't already a subscriber, for the most part, most of you are, so like half of you do, so that's really good, but, you know, let's get everybody up there. Uh, please consider hitting that subscribe button for us, as well as that like button, that'll really help us out. Uh, also, don't forget to turn on that bell icon, man, so you guys don't miss an episode in the future, whether we go live or uh, we pull out our High Strangest episodes. Um, as always, if you guys want to catch us on the go, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio and Amazon Music at Truth Defender Podcast. 
Um, like I mentioned before, if you guys really enjoy what we do here, please consider sharing the show with a friend, family member, or colleague. Uh, but be careful with those people that work because that's not should get you in trouble. Um, and always, if you guys have any questions for myself or our guests, guests or topic recommendations, you can shoot us an email at futuredefender1776 at gmail.com. I really appreciate everybody stopping in. Uh, everybody stay safe out there. Stay blessed. And most of all, stay frosty. Perfect. Perfect.